Welcome to Album Divers. This is a podcast created by two music lovers who still remember listening to albums from start to finish the way the artists intended. We give history, track-by-track analysis, and delve into the music lyrics of some of the best albums of the past and today. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Welcome to Album Divers. I'm Trevor. And I'm Shane. On this podcast, we discuss two albums per month. One of us chooses an album from this calendar year, and the other chooses an album that's been around a while. But this time, we are doing something a little bit different. Today, we have a special bonus episode for you before we release our deep dive into the Beach Boys' groundbreaking album, Pet Sounds. That's right. We interview a couple family friends of mine and Beach Boys fanatics as well. We have Doug Paulson and Gary Moore on the show, and they've been listening to this album longer than us, so we thought it would be nice to interview them and get their perspective. Yeah, I think that was a great idea. It was so much fun talking about this album with Gary and Doug, hearing a little bit about their history and experiences as fans of the Beach Boys, how they met, how they were exposed to this great band, when they first discovered Pet Sounds, and what makes this album so special to them. Yeah, I agree. It was really fun, too, because I was in the middle of interviewing them just thinking they're not so different than us. They're just a couple guys that have bonded over music. And so it was fun to have the two of us interviewing the two of them ahead of this awesome album. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it was really cool to be sharing that time, the four of us together, discussing music and having that commonality that unites us and to see the comparisons in their friendship that's been based around music all these years and ours that's developing and progressing surrounding this podcast and music as well, which is a really cool connection. Yeah, I agree. And I was struck too by the fact that you know they're young for this album as well. I mean, they've been listening to it longer than us, but it just goes to show that there's definitely a timeless element to this album. There's something special about it. No matter what age you are, it's something that can speak to you. Yeah, it definitely spans all generations. If you're somebody who appreciates and values good music and and well-constructed albums, this is definitely something that has to be on your radar and checked out at some point in your musical journey. Definitely. And then on top of all that, they're just good guys. And it was just fun to talk to them. I'm, I'm struck one more time about the fact that we got into this podcast to talk about music and learn more about music. But as another little side benefit, we're meeting awesome people we're connecting with some of the artists themselves, connecting with some fans. It's just been really fun, and, and this is just one new aspect to it, getting to interview some fans of this awesome album. Yeah, I thought they had an awesome spirit about them. Both of them had so much energy, and you could really see and hear the joy as they were reminiscing on some good times that they had in the past and, and sharing their love of music and the band Beach Boys, and particularly this album, Pet Sounds. That got me even more excited to, to dive deeper into the album and explore some of the topics that they brought up. Yeah, me too. I was way more excited to finish off diving into this album after having that conversation with them, learn some new things about it that was really fun to research. So I hope that that same effect goes for those of you that are listening as we release this ahead of our analysis of the album itself. So be sure to subscribe and check back soon for that. And then now, without further ado, here's our interview with Beach Boys fans Gary and Doug on the album Pet Sounds. Let's talk some Beach Boys, huh? 
Yeah, let's talk some Beach Boys. We've got Gary Moore and Doug Paulson here, a couple of great Beach Boys fans, and they've been nice enough to come on for an interview and talk about pet sounds. So say hi, Gary. Say hi, Doug. Hey, big fans of yours, too. Love so, your stuff, guys. Appreciate it. We're, we have fun with awesome. it. Awesome. Appreciate it. We're a couple guys in our 30s trying to jump into an album that's got a lot of history, and we thought this would be a great time to talk to somebody that's listened to it a little bit longer than us. That said, as I was researching this album and then thinking about the two of you who know my, my mother and, and graduated in, I think, 78 is the, is the year, you're just you're just young sprouts for this Pet Sounds album too, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about when you first discovered Pet Sounds and and how that happened. Well, I my um, my cousins were the age group that probably it connected with the most. When Pet Sounds came out, I was seven years old. My cousins were probably twelve to sixteen. And I would go over to their house all the time. And they had a, it's a nice portable record player with, with two decent speakers. It wasn't a huge stereo, but all the records were always out. I mean, uh, that was, you know, you had three kids, three teenagers. And so I'd go, when I go over there, which was probably once or twice a week, they would have all these albums, you know? And, uh, and I would listen to like Little Deuce Coop, that album. It was great. It's a great album. If you haven't heard that album, mm-hmm. that's got all these car sounds on, you know, like street cars and talking about, you know, your school and spirit and racing cars. And, and, uh, and that's your candy apple sweet sounding beach boys. When everybody thinks of beach boys, you know, this bubblegum mm-hmm. music, um, and I just loved it. I just simply loved it. Um, and about two years later, you know, I'm over there and and I'll show you the album and I'll tell you this story right here. You guys know the album cover. Well, that's it. That's it. There it is. And, and they had this album out. I put it on and I go, whoa, this is completely <laughs> different. And I, just, I loved it to pieces. And what's weird about this album because uh, I, I didn't own it for oh, probably seven, six, seven years later. You know, I'm 14, 15, and then I'm, I'm become an album collector. But uh, mm-hmm. my, my cousin last year says, you know, I got these old albums over at my house. This is my cousin, Connie. And she goes, I know that you're you have a huge collection, but would you want to bring these uh, me bring to bring these over? And I go, of course. Yeah, bring them over. I'll take a look at them top album was this right here pet sounds and already connor what's what's funny about this she leaves this here but her favorite album was like a uh it was like the best of the beach boys or something like that oh i should tell you it's oh surfing girl surfing girl she got the album switched up and she oh goes, it's still in the there one over so i got surfing girl in here this is, these are both and she goes i'll switch them out for you because that was the only one she kept out of all she goes well, i want to keep the a surfing girl i go well, why bring it over if you're not going to give them all to me right <laughs> but then we open it up i go connor i go do you want to look through these this is my but my son-in-law to be basically he's a huge record uh, uh, uh he's collecting records right now he's about your guys's ages and uh, and he's just starting to collect albums and he goes that's the one i want and we open it up and and hey it's got surf it's got surfing girl on our surfing safari uh 
yeah, Surfing Girl, the Beach Boys, that album in there. So we will fix that. But that's the first time <laughs> I heard it. And, um, and yeah, I, I just, I loved it to pieces. And, uh, and I, you know, it just basically, it, you, you like the Beach Boys, and then it basically just popped you where you go, this is a great group. My story is very short. I don't have the history that Doug does, and I'm going to admit right up, my first taste of the Beach Boys was uh, Good Vibrations on the radio, 74, Endless Summer. So I bought that album, and then I regressed to liking everything of the Beach Boys. Couldn't get away from their harmonies, their chords. It was just unbelievably fun to listen to. But it was uh, 74. We were 15. I was 15 or 16. And uh, it was Endless Summer that got me. I love that album and it, I mean, it wasn't an album, but it, I mean, a compilation of stuff, but that's, that's the, the journey I had with the Be Beach beautiful. Boys. Yeah. Album yeah. artwork on, in oh, yeah. it's yeah. gorgeous. And they were the first rock and roll concert I ever went to. It was with Doug. Me too. We're it was with oh, Doug. really? Yeah. The first concert you both went to, you went to yeah. together and it we was were, awesome. We were 15. Yeah. I looked up the date yeah. today. We had to be 16. Who drove? No. Joel, Dean, Joel, Joel was Joel did? Joel drove. Joel, Joel, Another guy yeah. that we know drove us. So, yeah, yeah no, that was our first rock and roll concert. I remember my dad going, are you sure you wow. want to go to that? I said, yeah. <laughs> and we went. <laughs> well, what's funny is uh, here we are, 15 year, year old. It was December uh, 1975. And um, we were freshmen, right? Mm -hmm. At Auburn Academy. Yep. And um, and so here we are in the gymnasium and they did intramural sports afterwards. They were a small private school and uh, and we're out there. You know, we're jazzed on or at least I don't know if you were there or not, Gary, but I was jazzed on going to the, you know, the Beach Boys, my first concert. And I'm talking about it, it was like I could go either next Monday or Tuesday because uh, they did two nights and I, I don't have the stuff to know which night I went. But um, and this was at the Coliseum in Seattle, and um, Jerry Baumler with, was with us too. Yeah. You, me, Jerry, and because I remember Jerry dancing Joel. like crazy to that thing, and Joel. <laughs> and uh, so, so here we are, or here I am in the gymnasium, and I'm talking to these girls that are juniors, and they're rock and rollers. I mean, they're 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 <laughs> like the hippest girls, Eddie Lynn and uh, and um, and Anita Lang. Or Anita, Anita, Paul, uh, Anita, Bain. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm chatting with them, telling them about that, and they're just rolling their eyes and laughing. And they go, <laughs> This Thursday, tomorrow night, I think we were talking Wednesday because they said tomorrow night, we're going to go see the um, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. We're going to go see Aerosmith. And you guys don't know nothing about music. <laughs> Aerosmith <laughs> is it, and uh, and I go, oh yeah, okay, so make fun of us. I still rib them about that, and uh, but yeah, we went to our, our first concert, and it was that spectacular. I mean, when you're 15, you know, you're just gone, it, and you know, we got a 16 year old driving us down to Seattle Center. Um, that was awesome. That is so cool. I, when I asked you guys on here, I didn't know the first concert you both went to was Beach Boys and together. That's that's a pretty cool find. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I was asking Gary if he was with us about a year or two ago. Like, I go because I was trying to remember. But Joel, I knew Joel drove us. 
And when you told us you went to that car, I go, yeah, yeah, we were there. Well, maybe I think there was other people there too. It just, you know, so far. No, back. we we went together definitely, and yeah. and Joel drove his '68 Mustang Mach One 428 with a Hurst quick shift in it. Man, that thing was fast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Joel is not very expressive, but uh, he would say, "Yeah, I, I was there." <laughs> nice. So what what was the atmosphere like at a, a concert like that back in the day? Was it general admission, wide open, packed, a lot of teen, girls, a lot of girls, just yeah, two nights. I mean, selling out shows two nights. It's it's weird. It doesn't happen. Only happens to groups now. But back then, you know, a group would come to town. Uh, not just saying the Beach Boys, but like if Elton John came to town, you know, you may have three or four shows at the at the mm-hmm. Coliseum. It's just it's amazing. You know, back then. Uh, of course, you could get in for less than ten bucks. I mean, that yeah. ticket probably cost us what six fifty gear. Yep, maybe five bucks, maybe. something like that. And it—that's a great question because it used to be in inside the venue. It was all festival seating, so it was first yep. come, first serve. So almost any concert, if if you wanted to get there early enough, you could be the guy right at the stage. I mean, you could yep. literally high five the dudes i mean it was unbelievable and normally if you get there and you go i'm going on the floor and you're 40 feet back you could ease your way both you know to 10 feet back after an hour or so you just kind of ease your way to the front but it was good you just buy a ticket you don't have to worry but you you just had to get in line if if, for instance led zeppelin was coming to town uh i Mm -hmm. remember going and getting in line downtown where you could go to the ticket master and you get in line and it's first come first serve and you get you know the same price for every ticket and uh and it's first come first serve at the venues and uh yeah led zeppelin was wow. first time i bought tickets and never went my brother took me uh, in 73 um to buy tickets because it was a four ticket limit and he was buying tickets for his friends and uh they were three dollars and fifty cents a piece and then uh later i think it was seven or eight bucks at the dome but yeah, um, for to see Zeppelin, you know, to see any any group. Uh, McCartney amazing. was the first double digit yeah. concert, and that was Wings Over America at the at the Kingdom, and that was a ten dollar, that was a ten dollar pop, mm. and that was the first double digit ticket sold the place out, and uh, um, that was an awesome. That this is my favorite concert of all time. When you saw the the Beach Boys as fifteen year olds, did you? Have any inkling at the time that you were you were seeing what would go down as one of the greatest bands of all time? I mean, were were they big enough at that point, and did you appreciate the fact that you know you were you were there? What do you think? Yeah, there? yeah, they were big. They were already big yeah. before. I mean, this is seventy four. Yeah. What was it? Seventy four, seventy five. Not even today. They're on their way down at this Maybe. point, but they're still selling out concerts. Mm-hmm. But but what's what's weird about that is. Uh, um, that was one tour also that brought do you, I don't know if you remember this, but that Brian Wilson said was touring with him that year and he came out and he guy was huge. I mean, we're yeah. talking, I mean, he was a ship. By he, by huge. You mean literally he was, he was big, <laughs> a big guy. Yeah. The big guy. He was a big, big guy. He just, you know, and he would tour with him once in a while. And this is in 75. So and you know they came out with they came out with some good stuff after that. I mean, Brian. I think Brian Wilson, his solo career is phenomenal. I mean, his if you start tapping into to Brian Wilson, and uh, 
Oh, I mean, he, he he put out an album four or five years ago. And like I said, right now in concert, he, it'd be fun to see him just to say I saw him. But his band carries him. But back back then, I mean, when, about six years ago, he put together, it's called No Peer Pressure. And uh, mm. that album is probably top 20 album for me of all time. And I'm going, wow, wow. the music is just so tasty. The sounds are just so good. And it's tropical stuff, drinks in the sand. I mean, you know, you're hearing this tropical sound, beach sound, little Hawaiian, maybe, uh, you know, an island sound. Martin Denny Exotica is what it was, man. Uh, yeah, I love the vibes. <laughs> and he throws the vibes in there all the time. Yeah. You know, That's amazing. So, That's cool that he's still putting out good music all these years later. Yeah, and the Beach Boys actually put out, they, they had a 50-year tour, which we missed. Uh, they didn't. They weren't close by. Mm. They were up at North, and we missed out on that. The kids said, well, we should have gone and see. Even though they're not a big mm. Beach Boy fan, they're a huge Brian Wilson fan. They like the Beach Boys albums. Uh, when Brian's with them, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. the 50th anniversary was a pretty good album, you know. So they're and they're still they're still putting stuff out. I ask, I, you know, Brian Will or uh, Mike Love came here when he came uh, came to town. He came to Paul Fair with the Beach Boys. I heard on the radio that he was going to do a book signing up at the U District, and so I said, I'm I'm shutting down. I'm going up there and meeting the guy because I've I've gone to those before, and no matter how big they are, there's like 20 people that show up. Mm -hmm. and sure enough there was like 20 people that show up showed up and uh and so he's just talking away and i did ask him if, if him and brian would ever you know start writing music again together and and i guess he pretty much says i'd love to but brian's wife pretty much controls every aspect in fact when they toured together in uh their 50-year tour together she said there's only so many dates and i think it has to do with brian's mental condition condition you know, just keeping him straight, keeping him on a path. And uh, he goes, I'd love to. But Bri Mike Love said, I'd love to, you know, do some more writing and, and producing some albums with Brian. But uh, mm. but I'm, I'm sort of hands off. They just she doesn't like him. And yeah. which is sad because it'd be yeah. fun. You know, it'd be fun to see them all tour together and everything. I mean, I think that would be a blast. But, you know, you get basically every year now you get mm. to see two tours if you wanted because uh, Brian comes here about every other year, maybe every third year. And. The Beach Boys are coming back this year. They were here a couple of years ago. So, you know, you can see, see them both quite often, which yeah. is pretty cool. I mean, the guys are in their mid-70s, and they put out great stuff still. I mean, for live concerts, I think it's great. I almost went to see them. I was living out in the Bay Area for a while, too, and I'm pretty sure they were at the Mountain Winery in uh, Saratoga. I don't know if you're familiar with that venue, but I never made it there, and pretty sure i saw them on the on the list i wanted to go see them but i think the tickets were a little more than 10 bucks so i passed <laughs> probably should have though i bet it would have been worth it <laughs> yeah the um the first time i saw brian wilson um is right after he came out you guys kind of know his story a little bit right did you see uh love and mercy the the movie I just watched that this week. Okay, so um, right after that, his wife—I mean, the musical genius started to come out and flow again. You know, um, getting on the right meds or off the wrong meds or whatever, and then all of a sudden he started producing these great albums. And uh, my daughter was, let's say, two, and uh, and I go, 
Ryan Wilson is coming to the fair. It was a free concert for half the stadium. You know, if you come up and, and uh, but this, I said, we're going in. We got some not great seats. We did the, let's do the free thing. We're going in. And hearing my daughter, she's two years old. So this was uh, about 20 years ago. She's just the whole time dancing in the aisles to, to sure. Brian Wilson. And I go, I'm, I'm loving this so much that she's tapped into it. And anytime I hear Beach Boys, the one thing I go back to in my mind is, you know, the memories I have. We have these things called, uh, this thing called a, I call it the white trash swimming pool. I guess we can call it the redneck <laughs> swimming pool uh-huh. that we blow up every year when they were kids. And then we blow it up next to a deck there. And uh, and so I would always put on beach music the whole time they're out there swimming. And if they, and when they got to be about seven, eight, nine, they go, Dad, where's the beach music? So they, my thoughts when it's Beach Boys, it's them swimming in that redneck swimming pool, <laughs> listening to Beach Boys constantly, and then also falling, basically falling in love with Brian Wilson. And, uh, and my son is just really in tune with music and producing music. And, uh, and he hears things that I, I won't even hear on this album. I mean, it just, he's just saying the genius of this album, it, you just don't understand that. It just, and so watching, I'm glad you got to see uh, Love and Mercy, him working in the studio on this album, right? I mean, was right. that amazing? Yeah. I mean, just all the stuff that went into it and, and um, the fact that he had it to himself because everybody else was out touring and he just essentially wrote the wrote the parts for everybody and he had all that time to sit there and do it. Coke bottles, dogs barking, train whistles. <laughs> um, I mean, all of these things. And that Phil Spector wall of sound that he was trying to emulate. Um, just cool Working story Working with the wrecking it. crew. Working with the wrecking crew, yeah, yeah. So, so many side stories to the creation of this album. So, it's one of the things that I'm really struck by with the stories that you're talking about is you, know, you both, um, like I said, were a bit young for this album when it first came out, but together mm-hmm. the two of you went to your very first concert when you were teenagers. And then, Doug, you're talking about your daughter's experience um, seeing Brian Wilson when maybe she's not even remembering it. And now you're talking about your kids having a, a love for their their music for Brian Wilson and for the Beach Boys and 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 this album Pet mm-hmm. Sounds. And so one of the questions I wanted to ask both of you is if, as you reflect over the last thirty or forty years of this album, does it mean anything different to you than it did at the time? Has has all of those experiences changed how you feel about it or or what you think about it? I think it's really grown on me uh, yeah. because the love of the music that especially as we talked about a little earlier, uh, the Smile album came out and the kids are now into music a lot. My daughter was seven and we went to that parent. We went to a Paramount show and that's where I said we we bumped down some seats, sat next to uh, Anna and Nancy Wilson, watching Brian perform this no music. And, uh, and my daughter, to this day, she was so tired. She loved Brian Wilson, but she slept through half of that concert. That, and, and she said, why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't you wake me up? <laughs> so to see my, my kids love for, you know, when you're talking pet sounds and smile kind of grow together but they didn't want the beach boys brian's dad i believe did not want him to do any more music like this in fact i think six months later this mm. this record was panned in the u.s 
And then, so Capital came out with a greatest hits right off the bat. That's uh, right. Because they go, mm-hmm. hey, here in, in Great Britain, they're loving it. In fact, in 66, it was voted, they were voted the, the favorite group of the Brits. That's right. Uh, yeah, the they, Boys, they yeah. outranked yeah. the Beatles and the Stones outranked that year. the Beatles, exactly. So here, when you ask, you know, has it grown, it's grown on me because the kids have made it more special for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, realizing mm-hmm. that you guys might be interested in it and to be still selling out shows and kids coming to shows, um, yeah. you know, and it's just become this iconic thing, you know, where, um, which I'm sure you know about, but you think about, you know, Rubber Soul spawned this album, which spawned the greatest album of all time, which Rolling Stones puts number two, number one, which is Sgt. Pepper, and they put Pet Sounds number two right behind it. Should yeah. they put number one, Rubber Soul? I don't know. You know <laughs> Rubber Soul. Well, then for Rubber Soul, we wouldn't have either one of those albums. Yeah. Which is yeah. Pretty, pretty incredible. So, and like I said, you know, uh, li- you listen to this sound, you listen to Pet Sounds album, 1966, uh, uh, in full stereo compared to another song produced in that day and you're going it's night and day it's night and day mm-hmm. the sound you know the mixes oh, it's, it's crazy Gary what about what about you in terms of how this album has morphed for you over time yeah I mean knowing about it and knowing about the techniques and the like you said, the wall of sound and the recording techniques involved in that, all the multiple different bases, all the multiple different drum sets and all that kind of stuff, reading about it and and stuff. I, I'm more of a, I don't know, connoisseur kind of of just the overall end product. And that's that's where my daughter Chloe is. I mean, she she right off the bat loves, you know, God only knows and wouldn't it be mm-hmm. nice to those songs about because of again the harmonies and and uh, the chord progressions and all that but if you study it and read it and understand all the i mean the fine detail that brian put into not just the lyric with he i mean he had help with that but the sounds the overlaying the multiple tracks and and the wall of sound con you know concept then you look and go wow it was cutting edge and if you're in that sort of mode in your mind i mean if you're if if that's the way you view and listen and understand music as a producer yeah totally phenomenal the end result is very pleasant and pleasing and i think that's what hooks people mostly is that end result they they don't know the in-depth that everything that went into it but they know that man those chords are great and his voice and those harmonies i mean i'm a harmony guy I never liked to sing lead. I always liked to harmonize. That was what I liked to do. And so when I hear tight harmonies with that high voice, I mean, it's unbelievable. And I think that's basically how my daughter listens to it, too. Uh, and it's not like she pulls out the Beach Boys and says, I, I can't get enough of it, enough of this. I mean, she's into Billie Eilish and all that kind of stuff, too. <laughs> but uh, it's a phenomenal album. My my wife, on the other hand, eh, they all sound the same. Every track yeah. sounds the same. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, which to me is great. It sounds great. Hey. So great. Every song is yeah. great. It sounds good. But, <laughs> my... but you got to think about it. When this album came out, um, Brian 
was I think 24 years old. Yep. If you if you listen to the uh, or you listen to the lyrics on this, this album is about coming of age. You know, he's writing for 50, 14, 15, 16 year olds. Um, yeah. It's it's all about love and and the, and the torment that love can bring mm-hmm. you. It's all about uncertainty. Yeah. It's all about a direction you got to go. Uh, and those songs hit for every generation. You know, if, if you can, ta- if your kids can tap into this, you know, at 15, 14, 15, 16, I think it hits home. The lyrics hit home. It hits home. And, uh, and so th- that was something that was pretty cool. And maybe that's the, the state of mind Brian was in at the time, you know, 15, 16. So I don't know. But then he's hearing all of these wonderful sounds in his head, and he's got to get them down. He's got to, and, and thank goodness that Capitol let him do what he did. You know, there just tear up that studio for months. Good, Shane. Uh, I was just uh, gonna say that's a, uh, a cool, cool concept or uh, contrast on how to consume an album. We Trevor and I talk about that a lot on Album Divers. How first listen through, or depending on your your atmosphere your mood like you were saying uh gary you might just just appreciate the sound and you know it's pleasant we, we enjoy listening to it but but then if you if you take the time and you have to take the time you can't really just listen to it and understand the album while you're doing something else but if you put on some headphones you block out everything else and you, and you read the lyrics as you're listening and then you dive in you kind of do some research um and you listen for those little little sounds, uh, you know, in the left channel meshing with the right channel. And you really pay attention to all that. You kind of take it to another level, but um, both are equally fine uh, to consume it as a listener. You don't have to do one or the other. But uh, we have found that you know you can really enjoy the music, but then if you if you find that you appreciate the lyrics and the backstory and the history too, it's like it all connects, and then you you do kind of take it to another level, and. Uh, I'm gonna have to do that with this album because I haven't I haven't dug into it near as much as um, you guys know it, and that gets me excited just just to hear all the backstories. It's interesting, Shane. You you brought that up because um, back in the '70s, and and I miss this, and I share it a lot. I mean, now it's all you can get music. Oh, I'll I'll look that up right now. Oh, you mean somebody's got a new? Album? Okay, I'll look it up on Spotify. Back then you were waiting for an album to come out. You heard about the album. Rolling Stone mm-hmm. was your guide. The magazine, Rolling Stone, would tell you who's touring, tour stories, the albums that are going to be released. And and you basically were in line to get the new album out, you know, to get the new albums in your hand. And as soon as you had the album in your hand, you would have a listening party. Or, hey, come on over. You got to hear this new album. And you may have six, eight, yeah. 10, 15, 20 people, you know. And I love Trevor's, stereo that I, and the picture there i'm going that would be iconic <laughs> memory of that was because my my folks had one of those but the sound is not going to be as good as yours <laughs> and to throw on an album and, and just and we're all reading the lyrics along with it. and um and we're just going wow this was great i mean this you know when an album come out and we don't do that anymore it's just like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, there's one song on there. Like, mm-hmm. Or you look, you listen maybe 20 seconds. Oh, I kind of like that, you know. And then you move on, you know, kind of a thing. But back in uh, back in the 70s, uh, you your favorite artist when that album came out, you brought it home and you, and you just wore it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just played it out, played it out. It's great. 
it's it's funny you bring that up, Doug, because I mean that's kind of exactly what our podcast was born out of is us wanting to slow down and get away from the the shuffle and the Spotify and listening to albums um, in the background and getting back to listening to albums from start to finish the way that the artists wanted them to be created. And I think in a way, Shane and I are sort of the last generation that remembers doing that because it's not quite the same experience that you had, although I think both he and I are a bit of old souls, and I know I've got some nostalgia for the, the vinyl, and, and that's why I've got that stereo, but mm-hmm. even without that, we we remember going and buying CDs, and they you, the internet didn't exist, or if it did, you weren't downloading music off of it, and so it was similar. We, we remember putting CDs in our car and, and listening to them just over and over and over again, and, and point where you memorize every song you know when one ends when the next one's going to begin and um, that's one of the things that I think this album was born out of Pet Sounds like you said he heard Brian Wilson heard Rubber Soul and thought this is a perfect album from start to finish every song is has a place has a purpose there's no filler and he said that's what I want to do and so a lot of thought went into the order and and the production and so I think, in a way, this is ground zero for what we're trying to do with this podcast mm-hmm. is listening to an album that was meant to be an album. And uh, so that's really cool to hear you describe your, your history with that, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing what you guys are doing. It, it's interesting. I do believe that a lot of the, um, the record companies, mm-hmm. of course, they're out for the mighty dollar. And you have musicians that are trying to make good music and... Uh, Sometimes they both don't mix, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, there were some some artists that really took their album seriously, and uh, and I know Brian did, and you can see those are the long lasting albums. Now, where a record company said, "Hey, we need a hit, then you can put this album out," mm-hmm. eh, maybe two thirds of the other songs are yeah, you know, kind of a thing. Unless you're really into the I- artist, if you're really into the artist, it doesn't matter, but. Uh, the quality of an album like this and i mean if you listen to all the beach boys albums there's quality to them i mean i maybe the later years and not so much i don't know but i mean they hit a niche and people loved them yeah i don't think there is a lot of bands uh nowadays that people follow album to album because you hear people say, oh, did you hear that new song that so-and-so put out? Did you hear that new one on the radio? Come on, you know, they're playing this one now. But I don't I don't hear people on a regular basis talking about a new album coming out and listening to it start to finish, uh, having a listen party like you referenced that you would have done when you were younger. Because that 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 takes time, and, and, and you got to slow down a little bit and really set aside. You have to really enjoy the listening experience to do that. And I think our generation is is so uh you know they they want things fast and they want things now and they get bored easily and want to move on to the next that's probably why things like spotify where you can just set a radio station to your favorite song and it's going to play a bunch of things that you like has taken off so much but um i don't think people drive around with a collection of of cds in their car or or a bunch of albums on their ipod and and go from one to the next most most people are just shuffling and I admit that I, I've been one of those people over the past few years. I've gotten away from it, too. And so when Trevor approached me and is like, hey, you know, let's let's slow it down. Let's really dive into albums and, and uh, do what we've been doing. 
I was like, yeah, that's a great idea because we we used to do that uh, when we were kids, and I still know a lot of my favorite songs and bands albums I listened to as, as kids. Full albums I can almost recite lyrics word for word, even though I haven't heard them, you know, in ten years or so, um, just because we consumed it so much. Uh, it sounds like that's what people used to do a lot more. Um, so that's one thing that we're wanting to get back to. It's cool to hear you guys talk about your past with that. Well, and after you do that with an album or you eat, you know, the new one from whatever comes out and you just can't get enough of it and you listen mm -hmm. to it. And, and even some of those songs at that first pass, you would say are weak. The more you listen to it, the more you find in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then I, I still do CDs in my car and nice. <laughs> I'll put one in and after I know it from beginning to end, first word to the last word, it's meaningful background music to me. The whole thing, you know, okay. even though I'm not listening intently, it still is background music that's meaningful to me because I'll hear a chord change and I know the next word that comes up, even though I'm not listening intently. But what you guys are doing is totally great because I do think that most people don't think about the music and they don't listen to it deeply. They just have it in the background all the time. Yeah, exactly. And one album I can think of uh, the last year was that, uh, that Frampton acoustic album. I know it wasn't, it didn't come, it came out about two years ago. I think maybe you turned me on to Frampton again or whatever, but I said, I sent that to you. I said, you got to, you know, you got to listen to this acoustic album, right? Yeah. And that thing just blew me away. I'm going, I'm listening. I was listening to that probably for five months. I was listening to that thing over and over and over again. And I just couldn't get enough of it. Sometimes it, music will just do that to you. You know, it just hits a niche. Now that's a, that's a slot of time. When I hear that, that's any songs off that album again, I can place myself a year ago, you know, for four or five months there when I just listened to it constantly. Or that song and, will come on and it'll remind me of a memory during that, either talking to you, Gary, or doing something. Well, and that recording is so meaningful, uh, just straight up. Everything is just stripped down to its bare essentials. I mean, there are songs on there that can, I mean, they do bring, uh, you know, they get my eyes watering. They are so great and, and just have it, mm -hmm. everything out of there, but him, the guitar, unbelievable. If you guys haven't listened to that, you need to listen to it. We'll have to check that one out. Yeah, speaking of eyes watering, uh, I, I was reading something this week when I was doing a little research on this, and the uh, engineer, they said when Brian was all done with, with, with do, doing all the sounds, and then they brought in the vocals, uh, which was a Beach Boys, and they would do acapella, you know, to, to everything. Um, he said it would actually bring tears. They were so good. Their sound together was when Brian had them mixing their vocals together. He, he goes, we would be crying. It was that good. <laughs> wow. wow. Just to hear those. I mean, I mean, what, what a gift that family, you know, I read that they basically came to the studio, not knowing anything, you know, Brian had it all figured out for them. And they would just, they just did it that day. They, you know, he'd just kind of plunk it out on the piano and say, all right, you're going to do this. You're going to sing this. Here's the words. And then they would just get there and just slay it together on the harmonies without much. I mean, it's pretty much minimal takes, which is crazy. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite song on this album? Well, of course I do. 
<laughs> I mean, of course, God only knows. I, I played this to my kids when they were about five and eight. And I go, Dad, that's uh, such a great song. I go, could you, because they both sing. They, could you guys, no, we couldn't sing that. So we couldn't sing that song. I go, but that is such a great, that is such a great song. And I was talking about oh, the yeah. lyrics on that, uh, on on his album. And the, I mean, that, that song is so soulful about love. Um, here, here, I mean, it's such a short song too. I mean, if you look at the lyrics, it's uh, like 10 lines, but if you should ever leave me, though my life still go on believe me the world would show nothing to me so what good would living do me <laughs> <laughs> so this guy is so in love and he goes god only knows what i would do without you i mean mm. like, it's almost suicidal yeah. his love yeah but you know of course you know mccartney that's his favorite song and and that also brings you're wondering about this album it brings everything to an iconic you know over the years you go well why does this album mean so much it just because everybody has boasted about that that's great has boasted about this album so if you're just an average music oh, i better check that album out you know i better i better see what's up on that album mm -hmm. Some great harmonies in that song too. I bet you like that, Gary. Yeah, that's my choice too. I mean, yeah, I think it's mine. And Trevor said said that was his favorite too. So we're all in agreement on that one. <laughs> it's a it's such a lovely torch song. It is. Oh yeah. That uh, musically, it just sounds it sounds so soothing. It's man, it's yeah, it's a really pretty song. And it's just oh, and to hear Carl's voice in that, I mean, just wow. Mm -hmm. And that's how you'd feel if you were 15, 16 year old. You you were saying earlier, Doug, that that's kind of the audience they're singing to, and yeah, the first time being in love, and you and you feel like, man, what would I do without this person? Who would I be if you know if you weren't in my life? Like God only knows, and you can you can tell uh, that person, you know, that character is going through a lot in their head. Yeah, I know. And Carl puts a little haunting tone to it in his voice, and uh, um, it's just yeah. That's Carl singing lead on that one. Yeah, I believe Carl it was was chosen to do that one. If not, cut that out. But I believe uh, all yeah. this time, I believe it was Carl. I mean, because his voice is so high and haunting that uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Carl does that song. No, but yeah, Carl, Brian and Carl's voices can kind of mix a little bit. He's a little lower, you know. Um, and uh, again, like I said, when Brian would go, I think Glenn Campbell would do. Brian's vocals or they might have hired another vocal but they had when Brian went and tour you know on this album Brian what did two-thirds of all the vocals and then he added vocals to it so he threw a, threw a bone to Mike Love for three or four of them and uh and he pretty much does the lead vocals on most of them I got a couple questions that that sort of blend together so I'll let you sure go off of that the the first one you know when you listen to to this album uh, is there a particular time in your life or certain certain events or places that you associate it with that, that come to your mind, you know, a, a vivid memory? Um, and then uh, along with that, do you, do you remember where you were uh, when you first heard it? Well, the first time I heard it was at, uh, was at my cousin's, cousin's place. And, um, and I, just, I just thought it was totally different from anything else I ever heard. And like I... I've, I've said the memories you know I'm thinking of my kids at our swimming pool when I hear Beach Boys I I, I go back to that first original concert with Gare and uh and Joel and 
Jerry. Jerry, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I know right where we were sitting, right where we it, were standing, basically, because everybody was dancing through the whole thing. Uh, to see Brian, uh, to, to see Jerry Von Miller dancing was awesome. I that visual is still in my head, to, uh, trying to hit on girls and stuff while <laughs> fifteen year old hitting on an eighteen year old. I don't know, but um, but yeah, yeah. To, to, um, I mean, here my wife and I just went to the Puyallup Fair two years ago and saw the Beach Boys do their thing, and and all those memories come back. I mean, just. You know, it's weird. It's weird how time just stands still. You know, forty years, like that. You know, fifty yeah. years going. You know, and it just it takes you right back to to one of those memories. Uh, um, but thinking of the kids swimming in our in our uh, redneck swimming pool, and Daddy, you got to put the beach music on. And it was yeah, <laughs> it was like three hours of straight Beach Boys, and and it was probably yeah, it was probably my mix. So. I probably had three or four songs from Pet Sounds out there. Yeah, just yeah, it's, mm. it it is probably out of maybe five or six out of uh, uh, different artists. It's probably a good portion of the soundtrack of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, probably mm-hmm. twenty, thirty percent of that. You know, I think Sinatra is one of them. I listen to Sinatra a lot, and uh, in the Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When the Who released the latest album, I wore that sucker out. I see that was the only CD I had in my vehicle. I just kept playing it. I kept playing. Nice. I'm trying to share it with people, telling them how telling them how good it is. But uh, a lot of people didn't. A lot of my friends really didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for me, it's very simple. I mean, the only way we heard music was on the radio, and it would be in a car somewhere. I can't stick exactly where I was when I first heard a Beach Boys song. But I know that as soon as I heard it, I couldn't get enough of it. And so that's why we ended up, that's why I ended up wanting so much to go to that concert in the, in 74 or 75, whenever it was 76. But, so, but 75 was, and good vibrations was the first song you ever heard. Beach Boys song you ever heard. You know, I can't say it was, but yeah. I mean, that one sticks in my mind yeah. that man, that is unbelievable. That is yeah. And that was, I think mm-hmm. supposed to be on this out on, on pet sounds. I mean, there's that, the weird electric thing that makes, you know, yeah. that, yeah. What was that? Um, it, so I learned, I learned about this today. It's, it's a theremin like instrument, but it, it wasn't technically a theremin. I, I have a, buddy that corrected me i texted him today saying you know this is the first time a theremin was ever used on a rock album and he said no it wasn't and he said it's not actually a theremin but anyway it's something it's like that it's something where you move your hand closer to it yeah you move your hand i saw something i saw a documentary on it once about about how you can make and you can hear that i mean it is prominent in in uh, good vibrations da, 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 da. i mean it is just mm-hmm. way cool anyway but no i it was i could not say where i was what car i was in i can take a guess out of two of probably a 67 toyota corolla three on the tree blowing <laughs> blue smoke out the tailpipe but i mean it, you heard i heard them and that was it man they were it for me that's awesome yeah both awesome stories if you could ask Brian Wilson a question about this album, what would you ask? Could you sign my album? <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. That may be it. That's all you need to ask. 
if I could ask Brian, he's sitting in the room. I'm going, what what did the wrecking crew think of you? Uh, bringing in all these uh, all of these parts and everything, and you're going, what the heck, you know? Or, or were they into it? That's I think that would be the question I'd ask him. Were mm-hmm. they were they into this as much as you were? Because you look like you're into this. Yeah, I'd ask him what he has against for just one take and done. You know, like John <laughs> Lennon. What's what's wrong with one take? We're out of here, baby. It's raw and real. I mean, in many respects, I'm a more of a fan of that kind of music. Uh, you know, when you get to the blues, the raw stuff, I like. You know, I like the one take. These, you know, this is a moment in history we just captured. But I mean, I suppose that's mm-hmm. what I. Is there any place for one take and that we're done? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a you- great question. Sure. I think there's a lot to be said about that. And that's why outtakes are really good. And uh, we have a, I think it's a 40th anniversary set of this album on CD. It's like four CDs. And you get a lot of outtakes, just vocals. I mean, if you haven't just on Spotify, you can pull this up. Hmm. But if you just listen to just vocals on one of those songs, you're going to just freak out. So Hmm. when you guys are doing your cast, uh, you may want to check into to, um, playing maybe just one of the vocal where they just do the vocals on it. And also, I could just listen to the music without the vocals. And I go, man, this is such well-produced music. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool how they separate things out. And, and um, I, was, I was laughing. I know they probably took some liberties in making it, but mm-hmm. I was laughing so hard during that Love and Mercy when they had Mike Love getting frustrated with him when he, he was trying to tell the, I, I want to say it was like cellist or something like that. And, and Brian was saying like, no, it's <laughs> chuck, 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 or something. He was, he was um, vocalizing how he wanted him to go. And then Mike Love just going, they're doing it. They're chuck, chucking. <laughs> but they're not doing it. They're not. Brian's head. <laughs> see, Brian, Brian's head is so <laughs> wired so differently than I'm, I'm sure all of ours. Yeah. Um, but when you, I mean, like I said, my, my, my son, is a little bit wired that way where it's so intricate and stuff. And he would say, are you hearing that? And I go, I'm not, I'm not picking that up. I'm not, but, but he hears it. I mean, there's there, Brian was just wired to hear these sounds and this beautiful music. And, mm-hmm. and, and he was just so like spiritual and he just kind of, he, he goes, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. And, and, uh, mm. and Mike Love is like me. Mm-hmm. Or like me and Gare, one tick, let's do it. And out of here, we're going to hit the road. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of covered our, our questions that we wrote out. I, I had a silly question for the last one, if if you prefer the mono or the stereo version. Got to do stereo. Go your stereo. Yeah. Yeah. Stereo. yeah. Like I, I think that's saying, the only uh, version I ever heard. Yeah? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, mono. It's like <laughs> you guys listen to the old. Do you have any old Beatles albums? I've got some. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was so freaky when I brought one of one. I think it was Hard Day's Night home, and uh, and I put it on, and if you go left, you hear the vocals. If you go right, you hear the uh, all the music. Hmm. And and you can split them out yourself. I mean, to this day, you could split that out. I mean, it's just the tracks are on the right, and I'm sure that. You know, there's remixes. There's all sorts of great old Beatles stuff that's been remixed and uh, um, and everything. But th- those albums are with left and right. I, now I haven't done that. I don't think they they did that on Pet Sounds. This is '66, but just in my my stereo, which is fairly decent, but not. I mean, not what I'd love to have. 
to listen to these things, listening to an average song from the sixties and then listening to this, if this fills up the room or an average song from the sixties, um, <laughs> sounds good, but it doesn't fill the room. And so having it in stereo, uh, I, it just, you know, if you're sitting in a perfect spot in stereo, you're hearing, you're hearing sounds, the back of your ear, you know, you're hearing it different mm. sounds on your left ear from your right ear. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Otherwise you're pretty much hearing the same thing. So you got to go stereo. Although if you're a purist, I got to get the mono. I never play it, but. <laughs> well, well, that's how Brian mixed it. He only had that one good ear. So. Hey, yep, exactly. Purists, uh, exactly. It's like me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got like Gary with his one, <laughs> his one earbud over there. <laughs> great dialogue great discussion it's been a lot of fun chatting with you guys yeah it was it was really fun this week to pull out pull out the cds spotify the old albums just kind of and now yeah. i gotta watch love and mercy again it's been a couple years and uh but check out hey guys check out no peer pressure okay peer as in a pure yeah yeah that's right and, uh, okay. okay and just and you'll get you'll get some i would say the whole album is not perfect, but you'll have about six or seven sounds a song on that album where you're going, uh, "Wow, this guy mm -hmm. still has it," you know. And this is after he probably what awesome. made eight, eight to ten albums, twelve albums after he came out of uh, mental retirement. But yeah, this wow. has been fun. Thanks for yeah. thanks for jogging my memory on all of these. <laughs> questions and pulling that music out which does bring back yeah. just a lot of good stuff you, you got me more excited to dive into the album too and I, I feel a little more more connected to the times just hearing uh some of your guys experiences with it yeah yeah and ultimately so that. that that's that's true and ultimately this is all about us connecting to music and connecting to other people that love music and we certainly hope Every once in a while, someone tunes in and listens to an episode we make. But if if no one ever did, and we just get to talk to you guys and each other and listen to great music, it's it's worth it to us. So this has been great. We tune in and love it. Just appreciate keep doing it. it. We will. Keep doing it. Yeah. yeah, just it's awesome. We're on Twitter and Facebook, and we're trying to reach out to these these uh these band members that we review. Maybe if we get big enough, we'll uh we'll get Brian to sign that album for you. <laughs> What do you think, Trevor? You think we could connect with Brian Wilson? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. He'll be he'll be tuning in right away. Get him to send Doug a signed album. You you've got his autograph on No Peer Pressure. And, and, uh. and what's what's weird is I went I, my son and I at the last minute say, hey Brian Brian Wilson is at this was uh, now about eight years ago. Brian Wilson is at Better Royal Hall. Mm. I hate driving down to Seattle, but let's go down there and uh, and see if there's any tickets sold out. But they said, you know, we got two balcony tickets or, or no, they're, they're two um, partial obstructed view tickets. And they're on the opposite side of the upper balcony that wraps around. And I go, we'll take them. I go, we'll be sitting straight across from each other. We'll be waving or whatever. And they were very front front seat in that upper balcony. I'm like 20 feet away from them. And Tiger, my son Tiger, is across the way. We're going. The sound wasn't as good because we're not getting the full sound. But it was just really fun. But that day, I said, "Well, what's available to pick up?" And I go, "Is Brian's new album out?" Because I haven't, I don't have it yet. And she goes, "Yeah." And he just signed two of them. 
you know, on, he signed the CDs. If you want one, I'll just give it to you at face value. I go, are you kidding me? Oh, that's mine. Yeah. Signed Brian, Brian signed. Yeah, he just signed a couple of them before they went out to sell. So that's so awesome. that's cool. Yeah, that's that's great. I got wow. a I got a, a little thing where, of course, Mike Love, me and Mike Love, who looks like Gary Moore. I should <laughs> I should send you that. I'll send you that picture on the message. But uh, here, me and Mike, Gary, you pulled something on on facebook about a month about what three months ago here's me and doug doing something and it's, it's mike love and me my arms wrapped around him <laughs> oh, i'll send i'll find that send that to us we if you send that to us we may uh we may put that on one of our uh, social media things you should totally do it <laughs> whether gary wants us to or not uh, 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 well, i'm not uh, even in it i just claim to be the dude yeah. I, I claim to be mike love and oh, doug okay. and mike <laughs> Here, I'll take this up and I'll show you what you're getting. Here, this is right here. All right. There's Gare, Gare and me. Mike, can you see that? Is it looks like Catwoman, but okay, there we go. Right oh, yeah. Woman. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, to the right. There we go. Yeah, there we go. That's Gare Moore. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. Although this guy That's looks about close. 40 years older than Gare Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love awesome. it. All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys. It's been really awesome talking with you. Yeah. yeah. Have, yeah. A, have a great it's show. Been we'll awesome. continue to listen. Appreciate it. We'll talk awesome. soon. Thanks for joining us. That was a, a lot of fun. It won't hurt my feelings at all. It was just a fun hour. <laughs> Thanks, man. This is yeah, really definitely. Fun. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs> all right. Bye. All righty. Bye. Have a good night. See you, Dougie. See you, Garrett. Let's talk soon. If you're enjoying listening to Album Divers, you can support our podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing it with someone else that appreciates great music. Follow and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Album Divers. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about our take on an album that you already loved or had never heard before. Do you have an album you want us to dive into? Email us at albumdiverspodcast at gmail.com and we'll consider adding it to our queue for a future episode. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you never stop discovering music that moves you to dive deeper. Until next time.